Monday, June 29th, 2020. Born the Battle, brought to you by the Department of Veterans Affairs, the podcast that focuses on inspiring veteran stories and puts a highlight on important resources, offices, and benefits for our veterans. I am your host, Marine Corps veteran Tanner Iskra. Hope everyone is having a great week outside of podcast land. I am personally looking forward to one of my favorite holidays. That is the 4th of July, America. As far as watching fireworks, you know, I've never been a big fan of going out and watching fireworks in big crowds. Uh, Too much hassle for my taste. Uh, I prefer going to a more intimate setting with family and friends, uh, as I have a lot of great memories growing up out west and in the woods of Grays Harbor, where there are a lot less restrictions on the fireworks compared to the East Coast. I wish I was there this year, but with 2020 the way it is, I'm probably not getting on a plane anytime soon, but I do hope to go out west next year and spend some time on the harbor. Got a new review this week. It is from The Dude Nathan. The Dude. Love it. The Dude gave Born the Battle five stars, and he said, Great topics, coverage, and guests. Enjoyable content and a great way to stay up to date on VA programs and policies. Used VA for multiple home loans over 20 years and recently started receiving health care and disability. Lots of great programs. Thanks for this info push tool. Great podcast for vets. Dude, thank you for such a well-written recommendation. Reviews like this not only help this podcast as far as the Apple podcast algorithms, but really help other veterans understand the content within the podcast. So really appreciate it and thank you. Okay, news releases. There are four this week. First one says VA reaches 1 million veterans and family members through Teletown Hall meetings. The U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs recently announced the Veteran Benefits Administration has reached more than 1 million veterans and family members through telephone town hall meetings held with states across the country. The weekly meetings highlight VA benefits and give beneficiaries an opportunity to communicate directly with VA Undersecretary for Benefits, Dr. Paul Lawrence. On these calls, Lawrence briefs listeners and takes questions from callers and conducts the meetings to ensure veterans have accurate and up-to-date information. As of June 16th, VBA has conducted 25 teletown halls. The briefings include updates about VA's response to COVID-19, the GI Bill, uh, the launch of the Blue Water Navy Act, the Solid Start Program, and other new initiatives to include the Veterans Benefits Banking Program. The goal is to help veterans understand and access all services and benefits they earned. Veterans and family members are encouraged to join and ask questions about their benefits at 1-844-227-7557. Dr. Lawrence will continue the telephone town hall meetings, sharing steps VA has taken to support veterans and keep employees safe during the COVID-19 pandemic. To find out more information about benefits or file a claim, you can always visit benefits.va.gov. Born the Battle also interviewed Dr. Lawrence in our most recent bonus episode, and I think he spoke on these about these teletown uh, halls a bit. Uh, they've reached a lot of veterans through this. Uh, you know, at, at first I didn't think much of it, uh, but shortly after I got I got my own notification to join the Virginia call, as these are done state by state. So I, when I got the text, I, I popped in for S and Gs, and there was no kidding. When I got in, there was the Undersecretary of Benefits listening to issues from everyday veterans. And these veterans didn't hold back either, especially some of the older ones. Um, They were pretty blunt. They were pretty blunt. And I listened as the undersecretary took it. He took it all. 
and not only took it, but gave out sound advice. Um, and he looked to follow up with veterans that he talked to. It was pretty neat. Um, I got to admit, it was pretty neat. So if you get a text about a call-in with the Undersecretary of VA Benefits, and I mean, I think it just sent me a notification because I'm in the system, uh, because I didn't sign up for it at all. It's not a, But if you get that text, it's not a scam. It is the real deal. So uh, good to hear about the teletown halls reaching 1 million veterans. They get a lot of them on those. All right, and the second one says, President Trump releases Prevents Roadmap, a nationwide plan for ending suicide among veterans and all Americans. The U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs announced recently the release of the President's Roadmap to empower veterans and end a national tragedy of suicide, otherwise known as Prevents, which is a nationwide plan to raise awareness about mental health connect veterans and others at risk of suicide to federal and local resources, and facilitate focused and coordinated research into suicide. The roadmap is the result of an executive order President Trump signed on March 15, 2019, calling on the Department of Veterans Affairs, Defense, Health and Human Services, and several others to develop a comprehensive strategy for ending the national tragedy of suicide. The order was signed as data continues to show that 132 Americans, which includes 20 active duty and active guard and reserve service members and veterans, die on average each day by suicide. The Prevents Task Force is co-chaired by White House Domestic Policy Council Director Brooke Rollins and Secretary Wilkie. And the roadmap that was released calls for several steps to be taken to further this critical national goal. Those steps include, step one, a national suicide prevention activation campaign. This summer, the Prevents Task Force will launch a nationwide public health campaign aimed at educating Americans that suicide is preventable, creating awareness of mental health and suicide prevention best practices with a call to action for all Americans to take the Prevents Pledge to Prevent Suicide. Step two, improving suicide prevention research. It states that too often efforts have focused on a one-size-fits-all approach to suicide prevention that fails to consider an individual's specific risk factors. As a key element to this roadmap, Prevents will launch the National Research Strategy to accelerate the development and implementation of effective solutions to help prevent veteran suicide. And step three, building partnerships. The Prevents Task Force has built relationships with dozens of organizations across the country, including faith-based groups, universities, nonprofits, corporations, small businesses, as well as state and local governments. The task force will continue to expand these relationships in order to share best practices for promoting mental health, ensuring awareness of and access to federal, state, local, and tribal resources, and coordinating and implementing the public awareness campaign across sectors. To view the President's Roadmap and to find more information about the Prevents Task Force, visit va.gov forward slash prevents. That's P-R-E-V-E-N-T-S. Okay, third news release, quick one. It says, John Deere donates thousands of face shields to VA hospitals to fight COVID-19. The U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs announced recently that John Deere, you know, the tractor company, has shipped more than 134,000 face shields to 49 VA medical centers in 27 states at no cost in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. VA's Voluntary Service and John Deere worked to identify VA facilities in need of additional personal protective equipment. 
John Deere's donation of face shields to VA is known as Operation Hero Support and was developed out of the company's commitment to help communities in need. While John Deere does not typically manufacture face shields, the company was able to produce them using an open source design from the University of Wisconsin. Individuals or organizations interested in donating to support the care and services of veterans may reach out to VA Voluntary Service at volunteer.va.gov. Okay, and the last one says, for immediate release, VA's Vocational Rehabilitation and Employment Service signals transformation through readiness. The U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs Vocational Rehabilitation and Employment Service, otherwise known as Voc Rehab, announced recently it's changing its name to Veteran Readiness and Employment Service to better reflect the needs of veterans. So instead of Voc Rehab, it's now going to be Voc Readiness. Okay. After a comprehensive study, VR&E learned that confusion and stigma around the former program name deterred some potential program participants from seeking services. VR&E provides benefits and services that enable transitioning service members and veterans with service-connected disabilities and an employment barrier to prepare for, obtain, and maintain suitable employment and to the maximum extent possible achieve independence in daily living. For more information on VR&E, now known as Voc Readiness, visit va.gov forward slash careers hyphen employment forward slash vocational hyphen rehabilitation. Looks like they still have the old URL. I'm sure that's going to change soon. All right. Last week being a little bit of a special episode with 200. This week we have a benefits breakdown for you. A couple of episodes ago in our news release segment, there was a release that talked about over $300 million being appropriated by the CARES Act to support VA homelessness programs. And the news release talked about which programs and services were going to be affected. This week, we're going to dive in a little more into what those programs and services are to give you a better understanding of where that $300 million is going. This week's guest is John Kuhn who is the National Director of the VA's Supportive Services for Veteran Families, commonly known as SSVF. And he's going to help me break it down. Enjoy. John, first of all, thank you for coming on Born the Battle. Come, thank you for coming, taking the time to come on the show. Well, it's a pleasure to be on. I think it's just such a great opportunity to be able to share information with the veterans community and, and make uh, make it available to them, the resources that are available to veterans around the country, and, and maybe they don't know about it. So this is a great opportunity for that. That's one of the main reasons that we have this show. You know, you just don't know who's listening. It could be a veteran or a veteran family member that knows somebody that's homeless, uh, one of their battle buddies, and they, they can help them out with this information. So, no, really appreciate you coming on. Um, sure. Before I get into your new to, to what we're talking about, uh, VA, VA wide, I want to talk a little bit about homelessness. This is the first time that, I mean, Tim Lawson, the previous host, had, has had Michael Taylor on, but it's the first time that I've ever tackled about uh, homelessness on the show. Um, and the first thing I thought of recently about homelessness and about this pandemic was that there's a, com a current commercial floating around, and I, th I think it's for a car company, but the commercial starts with how do you shelter in place when your home is on the sidewalk? Or, yeah. or, or, yeah. or or wash your hands for 20 seconds when there's no soap. I, I And I think that commercials uh, to support youth homelessness, but man, um, what a great way for us all to think about homelessness during this time in general. Have you have you seen that commercial? I have, and I, I couldn't agree more. It's a very powerful commercial. Uh, it, and 
really talks to the fact that, you know, we all, of course, have had enormous disruption in our lives because of this pandemic. There's there's no one that hasn't been touched. Uh, either you know somebody who's gotten ill or you just the disruption from the lockdowns or you're unemployed now or facing unemployment. So we've all had, I think, uh, pretty dramatic consequences, but nothing can compare to what the homeless are facing who not only have the disruption of being homeless, but now have nowhere really to hide, that these uh, conditions are really dangerous. Um, uh, the potential for transmission is so much greater when those situations, like you described, you can't wash your hands. There's no way to avoid congregation with lots of people who may be ill. Uh, you know, The risks are enormous for them. Absolutely. I, and I think those statements can be used for any subset of homelessness, uh, including veterans. And, and it's good to see that there were some recent appropriations from Congress to help the VA tackle that issue. So, again, that's, I appreciate you coming on and, and, and I want to be able to explore some of that. Absolutely. Now, we read off on this podcast as soon as that news, uh, as soon as the news release came out, I think a couple episodes ago, a uh, total of three hundred million dollars this year to address the challenges faced by homelessness or at risk uh, homeless veterans. It's been a, a, a really a wonderful uh, level of support we've gotten. Uh, Congress has certainly been very attentive and aware that this is a real crisis for this population. And the VA is uh, completely committed to doing whatever it takes uh, to provide the services necessary to homeless veterans. Absolutely. Now, I saw a breakdown of that $300 million. Is is any of that $300 million going to support outreach at a national level to help get the word out about these programs? Are we going to be doing any social media sponsored advertising, anything with like an email newsletter? Yeah, these are these are important questions. Uh, yes. So, so the answer, the short answer is yes. Um, Michael Taylor, who you know, is already uh, working on those efforts. So there's going to be uh, an effort to get out information in a, in a national way. We're working with veteran service organizations as well uh, to get on uh, uh, their to get on information out to them. Uh, our local grantees, we have over 270 grantees in SSCF around the country. They're located in every community around the country, and they're working in their local communities to make sure that uh, local uh, stakeholders, it could be you know the Department of Labor retaining mm-hmm. unemployment, they could be handling, uh, it could be working with shelters, it could be working with food kitchens, but any place where a veteran in, in real need who may be homeless or at risk of homelessness could come in contact with other service providers uh, will be, be re- outreach to and, and make sure that they are aware of these services. I think one of the real challenges right now is there's a whole group of veterans who've never been in this situation before yeah. because unemployment is so high. Uh, these are folks who would never in their lives thought that they would be in a situation where they're facing eviction and homelessness, and they don't even know to begin where to start. Where, to, where do they start to look? They're not even aware that these services are available to them because they've never been in this position. So it, it's going to be a, a, a real need for us to be very aggressive on outreach and make sure that people are aware of these services. Gotcha. Well, if there's anything that we can do from a, a digital media engagement team standpoint, definitely have Michael Taylor reach out, let us know. Um, and then again, uh, podcasting uh, is such a powerful medium. So I'm, I'm really appreciate you coming on and, and definitely let me know if there's any podcast, I mean, I, I'm pretty ingrained into the podcasting community, the veteran podcasting community. So if there's anything that I can do to help you, let me know. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that offer. Absolutely. Um, now, out of that $300 million, $202 million of that's going to VA's, uh, to SSVF, to your department. 
That's uh, correct. How do you plan on allocating those funds? So those funds have already gone out nationally. They've gone to every one of our grantees. Uh, they have gotten a sort of a straight line increase because we know COVID is prevalent uh, all across the country now. Uh, their uh, their ability to use these funds is is going to be constantly looked at. So what we're going to do is so everybody has gotten additional funds, actually about a 53% increase to all their budgets across the across the board, and we'll constantly evaluate where the greatest needs are. So of course we know certain areas of the country have been hit particularly hard by COVID. New York, obviously one of the most prominent areas, and if those needs, New, New Orleans, the funding. Yeah. New Orleans, absolutely. Um, so, so Detroit. So, where we see um, needs that are particularly high and may not, the funding we've provided may not be enough. We will make mid-course corrections and shift additional funds to them. So, we have the ability to constantly uh, moderate how we're supporting organizations to make sure that the money is where the needs are, and we will constantly be working with our grantees to do that. Okay, so. Uh- so it's you talking about grantees. So is SSVF a program pretty much where it's just like, hey, you've had you you grant money and just give money to yes. to okay okay. I, so That's I, exactly right. That's exactly right. So okay. it's, it's actually not the VA doing the work. It's nonprofits around the country. So all these dollars are going out to nonprofits all over the country who are really closely tied to the community. They understand what the community needs are. They have been working in these communities for many, many years uh, and know the people uh, uh, in that community very well and how to reach out to them. That's why we use them uh, because of that relationship. Very good. Okay. Hey, um, John, at some point, I would love to sit down with you again and do a benefits breakdown episode on what the SSBF program is and how you can uh, apply and, and, and do all that. So absolutely. Love to do that. Gotcha. So so these grantees, they're getting just a straight injection uh, from this yep. $300 million one time? Yeah. So it's a one time now where we're providing all, we've given them all this money up front so they can plan. They know that they have all these additional resources. We didn't want to hold anything back. We want to make sure everything got into the community as quickly as possible. If that money turns out not to be enough, the VA is committed to do whatever is necessary to help these veterans, and and we will come up with more money. So right now we're assessing how the the impact of these funds, we're gonna see how this works, we're gonna see what the need is, and you know, three months from now, it turns out it wasn't enough, the VA is going to do what so, what it ever needs to do to provide. So if so, if you're a grantee, you're getting uh, a year's worth of funding up front. Nothing quarterly, nothing biannually. It's just like bam, all here front, to, right? So this wow. it's a fifty three percent increase in our budget, and boom, you got it all up front, so you can do whatever is necessary. We are asking our grantees to do an awful lot now, uh, and we want to make sure that they have the resources to do it. We've also given them tremendous relief on regulatory requirements. So they have a lot more flexibility than they've had before. We want them to go out and create relationships with hotels and motels so they can get people into safe environments. We know that with this illness, you don't want to be in a congregate shelter. You don't want to be in congregate environments because that's how the virus gets transmitted. You want to be in, in, in safer uh, social distancing is, is, of course, very important. So if we could put people in hotels and motels, it's going to be much safer for them, of course, getting them off the streets. So that's a big piece of what our grantees are doing now. So we've placed thousands of people already in hotels and motels to reduce their risk and, frankly, save lives. Uh, the second piece we're doing is we want to make sure that people don't enter homelessness. There's 
uh, the unemployment rate is skyrocketing. As we know, it's it's up over probably 20% now. Yeah. Uh, there are projections that could go to 25 or even 30%. We want to make sure that those veterans who now find themselves without income and, and are fearful of becoming a, a, a eviction and, and homeless because of that, do not enter the homeless system. So SSCF is stepping in and paying that rent. They're stepping in and making sure that that veteran who's unemployed is not going to be evicted and become homeless because of the spike in unemployment. So that's another big task that our grantees have taken on. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of uh, literature on on moratoriums. What is a, what does a moratorium mean? Does it mean like it just the bill keeps? Is it kind of like with the with the home loans where the bill just kind of keeps adding up, or is it like? Uh, yeah, all that. Such an important point, such an important question. Yet, that yes, those home, those moratoriums on eviction, of course, is going to prevent someone from getting evicted right now. But it doesn't mean that the bills aren't still accumulating. So, if you're unemployed and you have no money, and say these moratoriums are list, lifted a few months from now, you now owe a huge amount of money that you have no way of paying. So for so, so for so for example, a three three month mm-hmm. moratorium equals at the end of the moratorium, you owe, you owe that three months. That's right. That's exactly Jeez. right. Uh, I didn't know yeah. that. I was wondering yeah. about that. So, yep. So we want to make sure that that is not something that our veterans are going to face, that we are going to step in. We're going to make sure that they're not going to get evicted if that's a risk. And that we also make sure that the veteran doesn't have to live with the stress because this is a tremendous stress. If you know you have no way of paying the rent and this moratorium ends, you have much less pay food and all your other bills, yeah. uh, we want to step in early. We don't want to wait till the last minute. We want to be able to put that veteran's family, and it's not just the veteran we serve. We serve the entire family. Uh, in fact, 20% of the, of the participants in SSVF are children under the age of 18 because we're working with a veteran's family. Yeah. We want to keep families together. We want to help that veteran keep his family, her family together. Absolutely. Um, Okay. So now the 202 million I saw it was as for SSVF, but it all, the news release also talked about the Department of Interior's Veterans HUD program. Mm-hmm. How, how is that all working together with that one pot of money? Uh, one of the features that we are uh, uh, able to, or one of the features of our program that we're able to do is we, SSVF has traditionally before this, uh, we are what's called a rapid rehousing program. We place people into permanent housing by giving short-term assistance to rent, um, helping people pay security deposits, moving costs, and helping them get back on their feet during a housing crisis. So for many, many people, they don't need long-term support. A short-term support, helping them with a rent, helping them get through a crisis is all they need to keep their housing. Now, in this situation with HUD-DASH, that's the uh, long-term permanent housing program that the VA has where we give uh, HUD gives vouchers that pay for a portion of rent for an extended period of time. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, the public housing authorities that operate that system are uh, not functioning properly. They're not functioning properly because staff aren't going to work because of shutdowns around the country. People are, are forced to telecommute. So these public housing authorities that operate these programs, these housing programs are, aren't functioning. Now, we don't want to say to all these veterans who are eligible for these permanent housing uh, opportunities to say, well, too bad, you're going to stay homeless until the, this epidemic ends. I mean, of course, we can't do that. They they're need that permanent housing. So SSCF is stepping in where the public housing authorities aren't fully functional, and we are paying 
the rent on those apartments. We're placing that veteran, that family into that apartment. We're paying the rent. And when the public housing authority is back up on their feet and running, they can pick it up again. But in the meantime, we're stepping in and providing that bridge. Okay. All right. Well, let me, let me attack it from a, let me, let me try to break it down Barney style. Um, uh, I don't know if you remember the old Barney show from PBS. That's what we sure, used to say. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sam, a veteran in Topeka, Kansas, or or cut off Louisiana, which is a real place, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. uh, or Phoenix, Arizona. Where, as a veteran, can I find the service that I need? So there's there's several ways you can go about and getting assistance for if you're a homeless veteran. Uh, the first way and, and and the easiest way in some ways is to go to a VA medical center um, and or contact your VA medical center because there's a whole range of homeless services that folks can get, um, not just uh, SSVF, but uh, health care and other homeless programs that might be appropriate for that veteran. So that is uh, uh, probably the best way to do it. But there are other ways. If, if it's difficult to get to a VA medical center or you're not sure and you want to call first, there's a, a toll-free 800 number. Um, it's a, a, a hotline, if you will, for homeless veterans. And okay. that number, and I'm going to read it to you, sure. uh, is 877-424-3800. And that number is uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you can call that number, a veteran can call that number and be directed to uh, the appropriate um, uh, VA medical center or, or program to get assistance. So that's another way you can do it. Say that one more time yeah. for posterity purposes. Sure. It's 877-424-3838. Okay. And then give that to me at the end of the show and, and we'll put that, we'll make sure it's in the blog on blogs.va.gov as well. Very good. Perfect. And then the third way uh, is if you go on to the SSBS website, which is va.gov forward slash homeless forward slash SSBS, or you can just Google SSBS and you'll find it. Okay. Um, you can see uh, uh, on our webpage, on the first page, there's a button you can click on and get a list of every grantee around the country with contact information and the areas they serve. And you can contact those grantees directly for SSPF services. Very good. So there are three ways to do it. You can do it online. You can do it by phone. You can go in person to a VA. So whatever your druthers are, we we have a variety of ways to, to help connect you to services. Very good. Very good. I'll, I'll make sure the past information. I had a, a personal anecdote. I got a cousin that's, you know, he's like, he, he passes by a homeless veteran every day and he's, he's mm-hmm. like, how can I help this guy? So, uh, you know, help having this conversation now is helping me help him. So I, I, I personally appreciate this. I really do. Yeah. And I, I think that's a good, uh, important point. There are so many, you know, we think of, well, this is a way for a homeless veteran to get to us. But of course, there's so many people who have contact on in their daily lives with yeah. other veterans. You know, whether it's walking down the street or it's your brother or your cousin who's in trouble. And, and that's that, that helpful uh, family member, friend, or, or just someone who knows of the other veterans, that can make all the difference, that word of mouth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's let's talk about where the rest of the money is going. Uh, of course, you got 220, 202 million to SSBF, uh, mm-hmm. 88 million to grant and per diem programs, 88 million. Mm-hmm. What, what, are, what, right. are, what are those and how, do they, how does this differ from SSBF? Grant per diem is a transitional housing program. Uh, it's meant to provide a, a shorter term housing to veterans who need more support or treatment um, and, and elect to have that 
first before going into permanent housing. Define so define short term. Uh, it could be up to two years. It's generally okay. less. I think the average length of stay in, in Grand Prairie is probably closer to six months. Okay. Um, but it can be up to two years. So one of the challenges that Grand Prairie Diem has is that some of these settings are um, congregate settings. Meaning you have a, a bunch of veterans sharing space and, and fairly close proximity, which of course uh, is not the ideal situation. It's not a great situation for COVID nineteen. COVID. Yeah. So. Additional money is provided to Grant Per Diem so they can have fewer people in these environments because their costs are still the same. They're still operating the same apart, you know, buildings. They're still providing food, all these things. Their costs aren't going down. So they need to have fewer people, which means it costs more per person. So that's one of the ways to try to make these Grant Per Diems work. And also uh, tell Grant Per Diem place people just as SSVF is in hotels and motels to get them out of those congregate environments. So those are a couple of things that Grand Per Diem is trying to do to adapt uh, to keep safe environments for the folks that they serve um, with with this additional funds. Okay. Now, and how does one qualify or submit for an application? Is it the same, those three same ways that you do for yeah, SSVF? Yeah, same process. Gotcha, gotcha. Instead of, right, right. Instead, instead of the SSVF website, it's homeless forward slash GPD. Okay. Very good. Uh, so you can call that 800 number. All those things still work. Okay. Yeah. Hey, just send me all these links at the end and we'll make sure we put I them will. in. I um, will. 10 million for homeless veteran programs, health care, emergency shelter, hotel rooms, mm-hmm. emergency care treatment, and re- mm-hmm. re- rehabilitative so, uh, services. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. A third program that uh, VA has uh, for for uh, really focus on outreach is healthcare for homeless veterans program, uh, and that's where that additional money is being used. So that outreach also connects people to uh, shelters. The VA runs uh, contract residential care facilities are called, and these contract programs provide shelter as uh, an arm to their outreach programs. So that additional money will expand shelter capacity. Um, a temporary lodging could be hotels and motels for people coming into that program. Okay. Um, also, treatment rehab, healthcare. Is, is this is this like a doctor's appointment? No. It, it these these are more intensive. So, well, SSEF will place people in hotels and motels, and will provide case management. It's not twenty four hours, seven days a week. Uh, healthcare for homeless veterans really provides daily contact and support, uh, and for those veterans. And and there's generally staff at these facilities. So it's a higher level of support uh, than would be provided, say, from uh, SSCF placing veterans into hotels and motels. Tracking. Gotcha. 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 Okay. Makes sense. Um, and again, of course, same same three ways to, to contact for that program as well? Yes. Gotcha. Correct. Very good. Uh, finally, the last thing I wanted to talk to you about was uh, there, there was a new news release regarding homelessness. I think we it was even newer than, than what we were talking about. Uh, it's currently a new initiative in support of homeless or at-risk veterans through VA Voluntary Service. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about this initiative. What's the purpose behind it? It was, it was a, from what I read from the news release, it was a call to action from for veterans to donate. Is that is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So there's there may be some uh, some gaps in all of these services. So the idea is we want to make sure we get as many possible resources as possible. You know, if there's overlap, that's great. But to really extend uh, the the reach of resources uh, into the community to ask for donations. Uh, so there has been a request handled by uh, voluntary services to do deal with things like food insecurity. So if we can get donations, for instance, of food, um, 
that might be able to be have a direct impact in the community for veterans who have food insecurity. We, and we've all seen on the news these terrible, uh, you know, lines for at food pantries or yeah. people trying to get something to supplement their diets. Uh, so that is attempting to address that. SSCF also is able to do that. So SSCF for people enrolled in SSCF. Uh, can provide food assistance as well. Uh, Grant Per Diem also can provide some food assistance. So we're looking for as many routes as possible to try to address this need. Certainly, there should never be a veteran who goes hungry, and we want to make sure that their that safety net is very robust. How uh, how now? I said in the news release, but how can folks that are listening to this take help and take part in this in this initiative contact if, if you're interested in, in taking part contact your local va medical center voluntary services and they can and they can help direct you got you um say if i'm a large say if i'm a a large company that's listening to this or, or i'm a person or a company that wants to make a large donation every voluntary service uh associated with the va can provide connections to anyone who is interested in making a donation. All donations will go through voluntary services. Of course, you can also make donations. There are uh, nonprofits like the ones associated with SSCF gotcha. um, that could accept donations as well. So I, I think there are a variety of routes um, available for that. Just making just making contact, we'll, we'll make sure we get we, we get you to the right person. Gotcha. Yes. Tracking. Yeah. And there's an e-donation too, right? If I remember right on that on that news release, it had a that, that I don't know. Okay. That I don't know. Okay. I'm I'm just going to research and I'll put it in the blog. I'll put that in the blog okay. too. I think there was an e-donation. You can just go online and uh, basically uh, basically tell them, that, hey, earmark this fund for homeless veterans. And that's and, actually pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely. I'll, I'll, hey, I'll, I'll send it to you too. I think we. I think voluntary service. I don't think you guys put that out. I think voluntary services put out that news release. So uh-huh. I'll make sure that. Um, hey, yeah, you guys know about it too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the, the VA. I, I always tell a lot of people. Hey, the VA is a big ship with a tiny rudder and a lot of and a lot of. A lot, a lot of iron in between the, in between the rooms. So that's funny. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, John, I think we've covered a lot of ground. Um, I, I'd like to have you, but like I said, I'd like to have you back on in the future. Uh, maybe we can do once a year thing. Like a, I would love to do that okay. and get people updated on what's available and have, get resources. I would love to do that. Yeah, I would like to do like a like I want to call it like a state of veterans homelessness, uh, mm-hmm. and we can do it with. You and and I know a couple other people that are working in homelessness, a lot of nonprofits, national nonprofits. Maybe we could set up a panel to not only get to VA, but but them involved and and just talk about issues that come up that year and support that we have for those issues and, and just have a good discussion about what's going on in terms of uh, veteran homelessness. What do you think? I think it'd be great to get uh, one of the nonprofits on and, as you said, have a panel and they can really tell you what it feels like in their community what what's you know an on the ground experience like i i think that gives sort of a more depth to the feel of what this works about i, I think it would be great i did have a panel I, I, yeah i think uh, veterans homelessness man i i, I think it's a, an issue that a lot of veterans know about but they don't really have a grasp on how it's being tackled or or how they can personally help so yep. I definitely, yep. you know, this being the first one that I've done, it's it's something I definitely want to continue on. Um, yeah, and whatever city, like if you have a particular city you wanted to focus on, we could pull a grantee in from that city. So that okay. So if you wanted to give it sort of a, a certain focus, we could we could help you with that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, if anybody's listening to this and, and has a suggestion, just just write into me at podcast at va.gov. Shoot me an email. Let me know if there's a city that you guys want to focus on. 
Um, John, is there anything that I may have missed or didn't mention that you think it's important to share? I think you've really covered the main areas. Uh, you know, what we really want to be sure is that people recognize the urgency of the situation now, uh, how important it is that we get people into safe environments, uh, that this is a, a clearly a very dangerous in- illness, and it's been very disruptive uh, to the economy, that there are a lot of people you might not suspect who are at, you know, really at their wit's end right now. They, they have become unemployed. They don't know that they have these resources available to them and maybe too prideful to ask. You have to uh, remember veterans are typically, they don't like to ask for help. No. Uh, they're not going to volunteer that they're in trouble. And it may need you to, uh, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, to reach out to that person and say, hey, I heard this podcast. I, I heard there's some resources available, you know, you know, do you know this phone number, you know, to, to reach out, to check in with your neighbor, to make sure they're okay, not wait for them to come to you. Because again, that, that pride can really get in the way sometimes of, of people getting to the services they're entitled to. It's not even, you know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not like it, they're being given some charity. This is stuff they have earned uh, and have a right to. If they need a home, they can get a home loan. If they need education, they can get education. If they were hurt in service, we pay compensation. If you weren't hurt in service, but you fell on hard times, we give you pension. There's just an array of benefits out there for veterans, and we really want to just make sure that all the veterans know what's out there. Choose VA today. For more information, visit va.gov or call 1-855-948-2311. I want to thank John for helping us break it down a little bit here on Born the Battle. For more info on VA homeless veteran programs, visit va.gov forward slash homeless. Once you go there, all the veteran homeless resources are tabbed on the left side of the screen. Our Born the Battle Veteran of the Week is Army veteran Kathleen Cashaw. And her story was featured recently on our very own blog here at Vantage Point at blogs.va.gov says Army veteran Kathleen Cashaw will celebrate her 62nd birthday this summer. She is also celebrating this summer for another reason, earning her college degree. With the support from the Butler VA's Vocational Rehabilitation Program, otherwise now known as Vocational Readiness Program, Cashaw has achieved her goal of completing her Associates of Arts degree as a medical assistant at Butler Community College. A self-described middle child of a hardworking, illiterate father and a strict mother who instilled the importance of education, Cashaw did what neither her parents nor her two siblings ever did, enroll in college. But her degree pursuits at Tuskegee University and Howard University began and ended within a year. Uh, She's quoted as saying, I messed up in college, which I think a lot of us do if we're not ready. She enlisted in the Army and in 1986 joined the Mississippi National Guard. She also took jobs in customer service and in making ice cream machines in one factory and automotive parts in another. Again, she's quoted here saying, My father didn't think I would ever go back to college. Also while going to school, she volunteered at the Butler VA while making the Dean's List and the President's List at Butler Community College. She said, For my age, I completed it, finally. 
Kathleen encourages other veterans to reach out to vocational readiness for support and assistance. Her other advice, you're never too old to pursue your dreams. If you really want to succeed, you will. It takes hard work, but never succumb to the negative. Look for the positive. She says her education changed her life. It's made me more confident. Now there are things that I can do. Congratulations, Kathleen, and thank you for your service. That's it for this week's episode. If you yourself would like to nominate a Born the Battle Veteran of the Week, you can. Just send an email to podcast at va.gov, include a short write-up, and let us know why you'd like to see him or her as the Born the Battle Veteran of the Week. And if you like this podcast episode, hit the subscribe button. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, pretty much any podcasting app, known to phone, computer, tablet, or man. For more stories on veterans and veteran benefits, check out our website, blogs.va.gov, and follow the VA on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, RallyPoint, DEPT Vet Affairs, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. No matter the social media, you know it's us with that blue check mark. And as always, I am reminded by people smarter than me to remind you that the Department of Veterans Affairs does not endorse or officially sanction any entities that may be discussed in this podcast, nor any media products or services they may provide, unless it's the VA. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next week. Take care. Take care.